I called her and I asked if she knew someone. So she said, yeah, this is a woman and, and she's a medicine woman, a shaman, and she does uh, lots of kinds of things. And she, she told me about ayahuasca, but I, I hear it before because I am from that part, but I never feel like I am prepared to do it or I believe it, it can do something for me, you know. It was always portrayed like it's like just like a drug and, and I have never been really, you know, curious about drugs. Whoever said life is short wasn't trying hard enough. Welcome to Dead Set on Living, a lifestyle podcast that takes you off the beaten path of health and wellness and highlights unique ways to live a longer, stronger, and more fulfilling life. Now, here's your badass host who once fought a bear on the mountains of Corsica, Lynn Bravo. Welcome to another episode of Dead Set on Living. I'm your host, Lynn Bravo. I'm so excited today to have with me my friends Maria Merchancano and James Gavrilov. Welcome today. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so the reason I've invited Maria and James to speak today is um, these uh, these folks have just come back from Colombia. So Maria has uh, immigrated to Canada three years ago. Uh, she was studying English in university in Colombia and moved to Canada. And she uh, met last year a lovely man, James, and they are a couple now. They went to Colombia. They just got back a week ago, actually. One of the things they did there, which I'm very interested in, is attended a uh, ayahuasca ceremony for each with each other and I've always been very interested in ayahuasca and how it's represented and misrepresented I think I asked James to describe his experience to me and I was so mesmerized by it I stopped him in the middle of his explanation and said wait a minute I'm not the only one who should hear this and I asked if they would be kind enough to do a podcast with me today welcome James and I wondered would you be kind enough to start again with uh, your explanation of um, well first of all maybe just a little background on the fact that you both planned to do this uh, when you went to Colombia, and then tell us a bit about what that first experience was like for you. Yeah, we actually did plan on doing this. One of the things that we had talked about, of course, was the fact that we're going to go, we're going to meet with the shaman, but at the end of the day, if she says you're not ready or whatever it is, you're not going to do it. I was, I was very happy to hear that because that kind of showed a level of, I don't know, caring or something like that from on the other side that if something was off, they were going to make sure that I wasn't going to go through with it, right? Mm -hmm. That was really kind of the clincher that made me really excited to go. That being said, we went, we met, and uh, she said, yeah, sure, let's, let's do this. I guess the day started off with the shaman around 11 o'clock. Uh, we made it over to her house. We met, we talked, we sat, we had tea, we had lunch. After that, we went on a little bit of a walk around the area, through nature, through the forest. That was really nice. Mm -hmm. During that walk, there was a part actually where uh, we we got blindfolded and we kind of walked uh, blindfolded for a little while. That was kind of cool. We got back to the house. Part of the ceremony was actually preparing a special water. So during the walk, we actually met with some, some people and she had picked up some fresh uh, herbs that day which we took and we actually ground with our hands into some water mm -hmm. and that was used during the ceremony that uh, was used for protection that water so we we put it around the house so we use a uh, basil and then we use root root is like our sage our white mm. sage oh okay yes so we use it uh, and we just bless the water because it's all about, you know, the intention that you have when you do these things. We bless the water and we pull the door around the house and it's a very, very powerful protection. Okay. It's a sacred plant for us. We actually took part in a separate tobacco healing before the ayahuasca. That was really nice. The tobacco, would that be just the normal tobacco that we would use that smoking in a cigarette or what so kind of tobacco? She, she, she used tobacco from cigar because there's less additives in that. Mm -hmm. But of course... One of the things that she was very, she explained a lot about was the fact that she went through a process. She went through a blessing ceremony. She she kind of purified it in a, in a way to prepare it for, you know, taking in in a healing way mm -hmm. rather than taking it in to enjoy it in that recreational way. It was very different than smoking tobacco. Okay. It was actually um, diffused into a water solution, which was then taken in through the nose. Mm -hmm. After all of that, we ended up uh, taking a nap. 
Mm-hmm. And we woke up at 9.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. to start the ayahuasca ceremony. But anyhow, we ended up going into the, the hut, mm-hmm. uh, the tent, and she started talking about different things. There was a fire. You know, she kind of walked us through the whole thing about uh, what to expect. Mm-hmm. She talked about the fact that, you know, when you take the ayahuasca, uh, typically people uh, throw up. She explained that it's a relief, and that's the way we refer to it, is that it's a relief. So we got our buckets. Mm-hmm. This is going to be your best friend for the whole entire evening. That's right. He will not <laughs> you know, know where it is. <laughs> she did give us a nice little story, which was nice. She kind of talks us, I mean, it was in Spanish, so I didn't, I relied on Maria for translation on some of it. But the idea is that there was this story behind the ayahuasca. There was this myth and lore and legend and... You know, it's like, it started off with the question, it's like, do you believe? You know, it's like, yes, I do, right? It's a very powerful medicine, and there's a respect and, and a gratitude that, that comes with uh, partaking in that. And then, of course, eventually we, we ingested it. So she gave us this little cup, the ayahuasca. We, we kind of drank it uh, down in one shot. And then she actually gave us a little bit of water to swish through our mouth to make sure that all of it was taken into the system and not just sitting in the mouth. Mm -hmm. One of the other things that she had explained was that to delay the relief, you would breathe in and out through the mouth, and that would help keep it inside of you for as long as possible. Okay. Is there anything, Maria, you wanted to add or, or sort of elaborate on some of that process that you went through before you actually took the ayahuasca? Yeah, so she explained the the story of the ayahuasca, so it's the sacred plant in the jungle. For me, and and I learned that through songs, how they sing to the ayahuasca to even pick it up. The shamans go and speak to the spirit in the in the tree, and they sing to her. And they, you know, it's always about the intention that you put. It's always about the intention and what you want it for. So mm-hmm. if your intention is pure, the ayahuasca is gonna work with you in so many wonderful ways. So we say that she's the grandmother of the jungle. It's like coming back to be a baby and drink a meal of your mother. Also, it's always about to understand, like, like if you have a good intention, you will you will have like a kind of good trip. You know, it's 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 in the level of understanding that you have during the ceremony that things happen for you. So it's always, the shaman is always blessing, even the cup that we drink from, she's always blessing the cup, purifying it with the, with the smoke that comes from the fire, because the fire represents the spirit, mm-hmm. and the fire that burns the oil. So the shaman is always keeping the fire, she, she drank it with us too, because she, this is about when you relieve, when you puke, so it's about to relieve stuff from your physical body too. Mm. And your emotional body, because we we get stuck sometimes in this kind of in this kind of diseases. Can I, can I say so? In in that time, you understand that everything around you is important. Mm-hmm. It's not just a bucket. It's something that is holding what doesn't serve you, mm-hmm. and you have to have a certain respect. Then, uh, for me, like uh, the the second time that I did it, it was very very nice because i wasn't i wasn't expecting why i saw but in a way i always go with that what are you is, talking about the second cup you took that night no it's the first cup yeah but it's the second experience that i am talking mm-hmm. about so the second experience was because i had a prior and i didn't know about that but uh, for me this second experience I was a little bit more prepared spiritually because then what the, the ayahuasca do is is work with you in a spiritual level. Okay. Could, could we just go back for one moment because I can help other people to understand. So just wanted to restate again that this was your second yes. healing with yes. ayahuasca with your second ceremony. Could you maybe go back a little bit and share us what the first one was like? Because that kind of helps explain, you know, how you had unfolded more spiritually between the first time and the second time so that it maybe clarifies why you experienced the second time differently. Everyone knows now. I'm from Colombia. I came here three years ago, and I went to Badat home for holidays uh, on April, two years ago, on April, actually. And I was really having a bad time because I didn't know what was going on in my life. 
I was very uh, lost of myself. I was very depressive. I have anxiety. I couldn't sleep because I had bad dreams, and I and I am. And I am very aware of my dreams. Uh, also, uh, I didn't know what to do. So, and I, I really never rely on, on Western psychologists or stuff like that. Because I use, for me, if you don't understand what I'm going through, if you don't feel what I am feeling, you don't understand me at all. That was the beginning of everything. I asked my friend that she lives down there and she's a tourist guy. She knows, she knows many people. And I asked her if she knew someone that can heal me in a way, but, it's, but in a different way. I was kind of disconnected, not so much with nature, but with my true self. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what, what I was feeling. So I called her and I asked if she knew someone. So she said, me, yeah, this is a woman and, and she's a medicine woman, a shaman, and she does uh, lots of kinds of things. And she, she told me about ayahuasca, but I, I hear it before because I am from that part, but I never feel like I am prepared to do it or I believe it, it can do something for me, you know? It was always portrayed like it's like just like a drug, and, and I have never been really, you know, curious about drugs. Uh, when I went the first time, so... Um, before that, I was reading about how to be the sensitive people, how you feel more than men, maybe other people feel. So that is what happening. I was feeling a stuff that was for me, but also I was taking in um, uh, feelings or uh, yeah, feelings from other people too. When I did ayahuasca, the first thing that she she said me is. Okay, I can see what is going on with you. Like, I didn't even have to tell her she knew before I knew. It feels nice, and then she told me, um, I think it will be good if you do the ayahuasca. Because mm-hmm. uh, you, are, you are very sensitive, so you need to understand what is that. Mm-hmm. Then I say, okay, let's do it. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. So we did it at night. Uh, first time was just very, very nice. Like it cleans myself in a way that I, I couldn't do it with anything else, or it will be slower than that time. Mm-hmm. It showed me who I am and who I, f- I believe who we really all are here. We are just nature. Mm-hmm. We are just part of nature. So during the during the we call it pinta pinta is when you have all the colors around you and when you really can see the spirits and when you see the spirits in the trees and the spirits you know everything that you are really and we are all so i just wanted to stop you there for a moment because uh you were telling me that uh you weren't um a person that would be have been sort of consciously connected to the spirit world or nature on that level or the elementals that sort of thing so you had gone through you know started your university and so on and and you this was a new experience for you the uh from the ayahuasca experience yeah it was really a wake up Okay. If someone talks about wake up, that is the waking up. Okay. Saying that we are part of this whole planet and we are all connected, and that is very true. I could see, like, I could just have this sense of, of belonging and, and understand that it's good. Sometimes I always, like, I grew up in a, in a family that was always very harsh with, uh, with you know, religion, harsh, like, uh, God is this, and and if you are not like this, you are a bad person. So I was always like a rebel and say, no, this can be true. Like God can be like that if there is a God. Like my heart is so grateful because I have this opportunity to do it. And I feel that if more people is conscious about how they are going to do it and with who too, it's going to be a great experience. Mm-hmm. But I show you, you know, if uh, the, the mother or the ayahuasca, it is she's going to show you things that you are able to understand in that time. Mm-hmm. We can't be expected to transform or change or understand 
everything all at once yeah. it, it, because because too much of our things that are stuck in us, our behaviors, our, our um, a lack of understanding of who we are, not only as an individual but as a human being, are so ingrained that it would be overwhelming to, yeah. to, to, to be have all that revealed at once. Yeah. So it is appealing of layers with ayahuasca as well. So ayahuasca, depending on where you are within yourself, this first experience with you took you to a new place and, and then you had to live in that new place for a period of time before you were ready for the second. If you know, if you have a, a, a computer and when you clean it and erase everything that don't serve you, it's the same way. Oh. That's how I see it. Yes. And, and, I, and I could see everything going out of my brain and things that I knew before, now I don't know because they didn't serve me. When we talk about, you know, terai, that is your pineal gland, so it's cleansing you there too. So you have a better... Um, yeah, understand there and, and seeing clearly what is your place in the in, in here in this world. Uh, James, do you want to to the, you've, you took us to the point where you took the ayahuasca? Would you like to share now what your first experience was like for you, and then we'll come back again and hear from Maria about her second experience. Uh, in a word, beautiful. It was just a really kind of nice, really really nice experience. Uh, to talk about it in a little bit more detail, I had taken the cup. Actually, before I had taken the cup, actually, I had a nauseous feeling. <laughs> Anticipation. <laughs> uh, well, uh, so she's, uh, she's sitting there. She's telling us a story about ayahuasca. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, we've got to get started soon because I feel like <laughs> inside of my head, I'm like, I have this nauseous feeling. I'm, 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 I'm going to have relief like before we even take it. <laughs> So I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, and, and you know, they, they both clue in. It's like, hey, James, how's it going? I'm like, I'm not feeling so good right now. And the the shaman says, yeah, you, you're making the connection with, with the ayahuasca already. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that you're... So anyhow, that passed. That I, I settled down. Um, I took the cup. It, was, it took some time. I have no idea how much time. And you feel it. Uh, I felt it uh, within me. There's... Um, this uh, sensation so I know everyone typically has like if they eat something and that you can feel it in your stomach I was very aware of that I was very aware of having that sensation in my stomach and then I felt it coursing through my veins like I could actually feel a sensation going through my blood through my veins and it felt very much like it had come from the stomach area and was emanating outwards through my torso, through my legs, and then out to my fingertips and toes uh, last. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. Very interesting. It was almost um, uh, a lightning or burning sensation at times. Increased sensitivity is the best way to describe it from, mm. from, 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 from my point of view. Is this just very, very sensitive to everything. And the next thing I became aware of was my legs. They were on fire, so sore. They felt like they had gotten like, like someone had taken a, a piece of wood and beaten my legs, how sore and tender they were. And I was like, oh yeah, we were just walking around for a few hours, right? So my legs are a little sore, right? But the intensity of that feeling was so, so, wow. <laughs> yeah. Intense. intense, like just intense, intense, intense. After that, a lot of things happened, uh, timeline, time frame, uh, I, I don't know. So my first, uh, the first time I, I actually uh, threw up into the bucket was a little surprising. It was one of those things where I think I'm gonna, and then it just happened. And then there was, it was like I broke a sweat. So I had felt all this heat and some like burning sensation within. And then after that relief, there was that, that breaking of the sweat. I could feel my skin uh, perspirating. I could feel all that coming out. And then I don't know if it was after that. At some point in time, I had gotten extremely hot. Oh, yeah. And I started taking, because uh, we were outside. I mean, we were in the hut, but it was in her backyard. Uh, it's a cool evening. Mm -hmm. So I had taken off my jacket. Uh, then I took off my, my sweater and I was, you know, gonna take off my shirt and then they're like, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> it is cold outside. Right? Like, um, I did keep my shirt on, but overwhelmingly hot, overwhelmingly like that 
I was in a sauna. I was, you know, it, it, it had, it felt like I was in the middle of an open something with, uh, the sun beating down on me. It was a really great experience. It was nice. It was lovely. I felt that the other big part of it was throughout the experience in a way I did feel that, that, that support or protection from the, from the shaman. You know, um, we had talked about it a little bit before about how there's this relationship between myself and the shaman and that carries through the whole ceremony. You know, there's that trust with her and I knew that she was there making sure that I wasn't going too far one way or too far the other way to make sure because I could see that if she wasn't there and I was all by myself doing this, I could see that my, my brain and my mind could go off one way and never return mm -hmm. and I would be crazy for the rest of my life I could totally see that being able to happen and I could feel how she was able to kind of just nudge to make sure I was still having my own experience but not going too far one way or the other it was a conscious connection between you and her and she was keeping you on the path there were many times throughout the ceremony that she had got up she was blowing smoke she was she had I think it was leaves of leaves. The, the of the corn husk. No, or, I or think it's another plant. Another plant, mm -hmm. leaves of another plant uh, that she kind of swashed through. There was a number of different things that she did throughout the evening that I believe was very helpful. Uh, one other thing to mention is that the majority of the evening I spent with my eyes closed. Mm -hmm. The more I felt the ayahuasca coming in and becoming a part of me and having that sensation and sensitivity. I felt like I was in the dream world mm -hmm. and we talked about how uh, I imagine a dream that felt so real, so vivid, so encompassing, you know, and having that experience, mm -hmm. but being 100% fully aware, awake and conscious. Mm -hmm. I could have my eyes open. I did open my eyes to make sure I wasn't uh, stumbling or falling uh, uh, <clears throat> all over the place. But at the same time, I kept my eyes closed because it was easier to process the whole experience, not worrying about what was physically in front of me and just being more in that in that dream state mm -hmm. and, and having that go. You know, if it would be like too much information if you're having to process what was physically in front of you and what was going on around you, plus process the experience you were having because of the ayahuasca, it would be overwhelmed, right? Like you wouldn't be able to focus or concentrate on either well. So it makes sense that keeping your eyes closed would be a, a oh, yeah. safer way to go. At the end of the experience, like, did you only take the ayahuasca once or was there another? Yeah, so uh, she had, like after taking the first cup, she basically made, uh, mentioned or told us that there is a second cup. Whenever you feel like you want it, it is there and available for you. And I declined. So at the end of the process, did you, um, you don't have to share, of course, it's very, very personal details as to what you experienced, but did you have in that dream world you're describing, were you having an experience in that dream world that was helping you to, you know, shed or move past blocks or things that were sort of holding you back in your life and then revealing a new way to move forward? Like were things happening that, should we say, transformed okay. your way of so thinking what i can talk about is during the beginning part of uh, my experience what i had felt was what i described as a waterfall mm -hmm. now it was a waterfall of light in my opinion but it was forceful so at the beginning i said i felt hot and the heat it actually turned into a physical sensation of being pushed down it got really intense and I wanted to lie down and we're sitting there in the, in the chairs with our little buckets in front of the fire and I'm like, I kind of want to lie down. And the shaman's been explaining to us that basically what you want to do during the experience is you want to have that, you know, straight posture, that upright spine. You kind of want to be in that sit-up position where you, you kind of have that, that, that good posture. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to last for very long right now. <laughs> and I'm like dozing off and left. And I'm, I'm just trying to keep myself in the chair. And I'm like, I can't sit in this chair anymore. So, okay. So I sat down on the ground and I'm like, this is not going to work. 
And I'm like, I gotta lay down, I gotta lay down, I gotta lay down, I gotta lay down. And so finally it was like, well, okay, yeah, like, if you're not gonna lay down. I lay down uh, on my back and I, like, I felt uh, much, much better, but I did feel like pinned. I did feel this overwhelming force of just force or whatever it was pushing me down. Mm-hmm. Maybe you were experiencing gravity more intensely. Yeah. Gravity. Yeah, That's yeah. That would be one way to explain it. Actually. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like being on a planet where you weigh more, right? Like you just feel that encumberment of gravity. Yeah, that's, that's totally one way to, to explain it. Yeah, so there, there was that. So many things. I kept on seeing uh, such a variety, such a huge, huge variety of things in 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 my you know uh, in my head, like in that dream state, kind of just lots and lots. It's like having a hundred dreams. In, in, in one night mm-hmm. is, is one way to explain it. Yeah, I don't know. It gave me a little bit of clarity, a little bit of uh, understanding. It's like uh, it's like someone having a conversation with you. And as they have a conversation with you, because the only thing they know is all of your experiences and nothing else, they communicate with you with those experiences. And that's the conversation. Is, is, is everything being related with what your experience is. There is no outside, this is compared to this or an apple to an orange. No, no. everything is 100% related back to you. Having that story told to you in a way to explain my life today. I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. A lot of great things. It's very important to be prepared for the whole thing. I know how there was a few people I talked to beforehand about going toward to this. And they said, no, be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful. There's a somewhat fear mentality behind that, uh, but there is an importance factor that it is, it's very good to be conscious of being prepared. You are partaking in something, and it is one of those things where I believe that it doesn't matter how much you read, how much you research, how much you know, the, the preparation is in the acceptance of the unknown. It's very important that you don't fall asleep for a long period of time for a number of different reasons. There was images of scary stuff, images of nice stuff. It was, uh, it was cool. Mm-hmm. As I sort of in, implied earlier, you would say that you did take away something that, that was really valuable for you as far as, again, not asking you to share the personal side of what you experienced, but you did take away something that, that's sort of uh, changed or revealed some part of you that's going to allow you now to maybe live your life a little bit differently than you might have before the ayahuasca. I believe so. Um, I think asking Maria about that as well is like, do you see a difference in me? Do you see a difference before Colombia and after Colombia? Again, without getting personal, but you saw quite a shift in in things for him afterwards. Yeah, I see him more like uh, confident. Mm-hmm. That is a, that that was a really big part for him before, and now it's like, like he told me, I don't understand why I worry about those things. I shouldn't just worry. And that's it. Yeah. I, to be honest, I see. I mean, I know you well enough to have seen a difference when you were here this weekend because you just have this more. It's it's like you've you're not sort of almost rising off the earth. It's like you're boom, like yeah. you're grounded, like you 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 don't have that. People tend to sort of your body tends to dis display whatever feelings you're having right so for you you just look more more relaxed more down to earth more grounded and i would say yeah confidence is just just more yeah more in in tune with yourself i guess in that you're not you're not you're letting things run off you now as opposed to uh, reflecting back what's happening around you there were a few things one of them was self-care uh in terms of confidence one of the messages that i actually got or feeling was that as I take care of these other things, the self-confidence is a result of. Mm-hmm. So as I, I put that importance back on myself and, you know, self-care and such, that the confidence happens as a, as a result of that. So uh-huh. it's it, nice to see it actually came through. Nice. Good. Awesome. Maria, you, I, I understand when we chatted briefly about this, that you were having trouble engaging or, or, or becoming involved in the process for yourself because you were ha- sort of 
conscious of James and what he was going through. And because you love him, you wanted to make sure everything was okay. But maybe share a little bit of that and then how you were able to move into into having your own experience. So when we drink the first cup, so I just noticed uh, James, you know, very like, uh, I can't say weak. So I was, you know, I, 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 I shouldn't, but I did, but that showed me that he's okay on his own anyways. So I went to him because he was just taking off his jacket and I was like, this is cool, you can do that here, you know. <laughs> and he was in the floor and I, and I asked him, just try to be sitting, you know, be sitting so you can, you can, like, uh, what you want to do is to go to a meditative state while the medicine is working on you. Mm-hmm. So he was just, I just want to lay down, I just want to lay down, so okay. And when he was actually going to lay down, I say, oh my goodness, what is going on here? You know, I feel like I have to go. And so I start like rubbing his back to see if maybe the, the energy can flow up to his, his back so he feels stronger. But what I was doing actually was taking his stuff for me. Uh-huh. So I was unconscious on those things and then I started to puke. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was pretty good trying to not to to have the medicine inside me for as long as I can. But when when I saw him like that, I just have to go on, like you know, have the control to see what is going on with him. Anyways, <laughs> so then I started to puke, and then I just didn't see anything. <laughs> I just was tired, so I asked her if I could lay down for a little bit so I can rest for a little bit and maybe do the second cup. We lay down. I, I had a very vivid dream, as he said. Uh, they showed me uh, how is what it was going on, or what is going on, or what was going on in that time. You know, like what I have to be careful with. And that was nice. So they showed me. I was very grateful for that. And now I have an understanding. I am conscious of what what is go- what was going on with my disease, or you know. Or, what I have to change and what it is causing me that to feel this way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so then she, she, I was like, I see that you spoke with the with the with her with the shaman, and and she told me maybe you should do like you can you can do if you want to do the second cup. I have a second cup for you, and maybe you will understand more. So I was like, yes, no, yes, no. <laughs> and then she was, you know, and then when she started, you know, saying, I think it's going to be good for you. It's not like they, they she pushed you to do it, you know, and it's going to be so good because, no, it's always up to you. And, and that I really yeah. appreciate because no, no one is pushing you to say, like, they, she say too much, we're just saying too little. I can feel so vivid how the, the, the air was, like, plugging me in with energy. Like lots of grounded energy, like, like be very, very in a way protective, like nothing bad is going to happen. You are here with me, you know, like mm-hmm. and I'm feeling the, the fire, like just burning me, like and the wind just through your bones. You can feel it through your bones, even if I had like five blankets on me. Everything that I love, you know, flowers, like everything that is in my heart is, is what projects you, but then the mind was doing wrong because uh, when when the mind is thing without the heart, then is when we have flow, a problem. So so uh, yeah, I started seeing like I I am aware that my mind is causing that. Yeah, I am aware that yeah I have to focus on the positive, but what about the negative? Yeah, and I felt a little scared, and then I just feel this my heart, my heart, is my heart that needs attention. Mine, I am the one that controls my mind, yeah? But the heart is that it needs attention, so I feel this emptiness in my heart, this darkness, kind of. And she told me, it's because you are giving away too much. You are giving away everything that is that that, that you have, have done. Like, I, I give away too much of myself, but not taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. So, so I feel like empty, empty. Because everything I done good is been for other people and not so much for myself. Mm-hmm. And and I I've been feeling that during the this year 2019. So I've been feeling yeah I need to take care more of myself. I need to 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 have like to give more to myself because sometimes it's really hard. It's very nice that they really show you how your heart feels because mm-hmm. the mind can say oh 
it's all good. You know, like it's all good. It will take care of me. You know, I can take that. But what she explained is that nothing is gonna is gonna come from outside. Everything comes from inside of you. Mm-hmm. Because inside of you you have everything. You have the universe in your heart, you have the mountains, you have the rivers, you have everything. But that has to come from you to yourself. You know when you go to the to the movie theater and there is this big screen and, and a little screen is pointing out the big screen? Mm-hmm. That was my heart opening. Oh wow. So I used to see like stuff like I think I saw when I was a child. Sort of become a bit of a mantra these days, you know, you got to look after yourself. So it's not like you didn't know that, or I don't know that, or James doesn't know that. We all have to look after ourselves and, and we can't really be of service or support other people in our lives until we've got our glass full. Then we, once our glass is full, our heart is full, then we can share and help. And, but you always have to make sure you keep your heart full, that whole concept. Why is it, but but we, it's like, it's a, it's like a mind thing, right? Like we intellectually understand that, like we, uh, uh, you know, and probably many people do now understand that intellectually, but it seems like the ayahuasca shifted it into your heart and into a belief, right? Because we can hear and think that something's right or good to do, but you never really implement it. It sounds like this created a shift where you, where you suddenly saw and you realized that this is what I have to do. How many people know that drinking water is good for you? Mm-hmm. How many people know that eating healthy is good for you? And how many people follow through on that and then you do it like wow what a difference yeah knowing is a completely different thing than 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 being or doing it right just wanted to go back for one second to the fact that when you both had and completed your your experience with the ayahuasca you still interacted with the shaman did you not like you still had conversation and so on like the, the shaman wasn't just sort of sitting back and letting you have your own experience and then saying you know thanks see you later Right. No, there was an engagement level, and, and there was the language uh, there as well. Maria helped interpret, but, you know, throughout the experience, you know, if I was breathing heavily, if I was, you know, wavering in my seat, and what's going on, what's happening, right? And uh, so there was that engagement on that level to, to kind of get that, what is happening with you. As soon as you tell her what's going on, she throws it right back. It's like, why are you experiencing that? Like, what mm-hmm. is the deeper meaning behind that? So that it helps and encourages you to go deep within to kind of really embrace that experience. Whatever you're experiencing, you're having for a reason. So dive into it, go and and, and, and feel what you need to feel, right? Uh, but don't just throw your hands up and, and, and you know. Mm-hmm. So it was a, yeah, I don't know how to describe that better. For me, I can describe it that is uh, like, even if she's sitting, I know she's doing stuff for me mm-hmm. because she they work in a spiritual level and, and more of us don't have really like a good understanding of how it works. But this is like I can describe this, they're, them are like healers of the earth. They work with the spirit world. They, they know what they are doing. Like the woman that we went with, she has been to like she can she has been to too much to really understand, okay, I've been through that, I understand you. Mm-hmm. So that is what makes them able to be like the healers of heaven, what they are called, you know, like, it's not like, it's not like a doctor, you know, a doctor is touching you and looking at you, but they, they can be sitting, they work with you in your spirit level. Mm-hmm. And then, the, of course, they use the feathers, they use the plants, you know, they use the smoke to heal you and to cure you and to... The music, oh my goodness, the music is like my favorite part. They are always in their heart. That's, the that's their secret, yeah. It's always that... Uh, she described it like the violet flame that is like the Christ in your in your heart. Uh, but it's this energy of the heart that is so powerful and... And when it's so pure and so and with clarity, you know, she she always told about to to have clarity in your mind, mm-hmm. so you are able to see things with love. Of everything that makes us human, I think spirituality is one of the well, probably the most important aspect yeah. of being human that's that's missing right yeah, now in people's true. lives, right? Because some people are are religiously active and. But it's not the same as as the true spirituality is something different than than following a particular religion. If we don't have any spirit, we wouldn't be alive. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as we have an spirit in our temple, that is our body. That's what is very important to take care of your body, is because it carries our spirit. So yeah. 
There is no the spirit, there is no life. With great intention and care of picking who you're going to do this with, an ayahuasca healing or ceremony could be very, very helpful for people who are suffering with mental yes. disorders like severe depression, bipolar disorder, these sorts of things. Uh, you were saying that it's your understanding that ayahuasca can be a real opportunity for someone to move into us because it's suppressed spirituality that's yes. trapped them where they are. So to help release and start to move them out of that yeah. being trapped by that lack of spirituality or connection to their spirit mm-hmm. can help release that and start to move people out of some of these more serious mental illnesses yeah i think it, it would work very very good if you have you know like first intention you know like being i want to heal i want to understand what is this going on with me you know the, the first time that i that i did it was because of that Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's what made me think that you were saying that you felt very, uh, not just sad, you felt like you were suffering with depression and anxiety. And, and what I say is like, if you, if you really commit and you, and if you start, you know, asking, send me a good person to do this, you know, or the right person or whatever, you will really can heal and see beyond the disease, beyond mm-hmm. the depression, beyond everything, because everything that we learn, or everything that we see as a bad thing it is always a good thing it's mm-hmm. a gift mm-hmm. because we could understand more people that is that is going through those things and we could help them I've heard of and seen different um, videos and, and I've heard some talk shows, people talking about ayahuasca and so on. And, and unfortunately, many of the times I've heard it, it's it's sometimes treated in a bit of a comedic way or, or like you were saying, your sort of first impression was is that it's just another drug. It's like you know, LSD or masculine or all these other drugs that, that, again, can be used obviously in a ceremonial and healing fashion. But there was a tendency to view them as, oh, I wouldn't want to do that because it's a drug and one of the shows I had heard about that I just watched this morning just to see because a lot of people have mentioned it to me in the past is Chelsea Handler's show on Netflix um, called Chelsea Does and one of the episodes was Chelsea Does Drugs so she experienced several different drugs she's a comedian and then they had a late night show and so on so she was trying to put a, a comedic aspect to it or a lightheartedness to it but the very last one that she did was ayahuasca. And I watched that this morning, actually, for the first time. And I thought, whoa, like that is crazy how she portrayed it. Because, again, just my own personal opinion on this, but she really misrepresented in my mind what an ayahuasca uh, ceremony is all about and what its its true purpose is and so on. Like she, there was, again, I know she was putting a comedic twist, but it, it came across to me watching it. I tried to watch it with an open mind and I felt that the shaman was portrayed in a way that, uh, you know, the only time he was shown on camera really, other than the time he was describing what they had to do to prepare for it as far as not eating and and not no sex no no food no alcohol that sort of thing was was him at the actual ceremony we only saw him um doing a little bit of chanting and waving of a what looked like a palm frond he was wandering around smoking what looked like a joint and that's what they referred to as oh yeah great he's going off and having a a smoke you know of some some cannabis while we're here having our ayahuasca there was that and there was the fact that the uh, uh chelsea did it with two other of her traveling companions on the show the man while he was in the middle of the ayahuasca experience and vomiting and everything uh, was saying you know this is just a charade so they they left you with the impression that he thought it was a bunch of you know uh well a charade chelsea had no experience at all but but like you he, she could have been very heavily distracted by the fact these other two people weren't having a great experience but she claimed to have none maybe could you explain your thoughts about why that might have happened why we sort of see the shaman in that light in that case every i feel for me everything that you have shown like if you do this everything that you do it for it will show you in the ayahuasca ceremony so the ayahuasca just can just can show you you are prepared for and we can see, like, I didn't see the show, but uh, what I hear, for what I hear is that, yeah, there is just this, you know, like, oh, it's like another drug, you know, or it's just, oh, I just want to try this to see what happened. So I, I hear so many of those stories that people go and they do the, the ceremony. Um, but as the shaman say, the shaman that I did, it's up to you what you believe or not. Mm-hmm. 
So it's that level of understanding of what you are doing for me, uh, and because of my spirit, I I just feel that it's something very sacred that has to be taken with an importance because it's not just another plan, you know. You can see the shaman is just a reflection of you. The shaman can go further because his understanding is beyond and them. Yes. There. Yeah, there. So like what do you feel is, is sort of the impact on the world, should we say, or other people when you see something like that being put out in public uh, with a high profile person? To the impact that I saw that it had on you. And I can also relate that back to the impact that the actual experience that I had was for me. And if, <laughs> so I look at what you're talking about and I get this sensation that you're like, oh, ayahuasca from that uh, one episode was, you know, not a really cool thing to do or wasn't really good or wasn't worth the time or time and effort. And that there's really, I don't want to have that in my life. And I'm looking and I'm like, I had ayahuasca and it was fantastic. <laughs> it was such a beautiful uh, experience for me to have. And uh, I would I would love for the rest of the world to have a beautiful and incredible experience with ayahuasca. It has to be done with a conscious mind. It has to be done with, you know, some sort of level of preparation. You can't just walk in down the street and be like, oh, here's another another drug and kind of group all things together. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes. So, Maria, we briefly mentioned, are you going to tell me something? I said, wait, stop, wait for the podcast. <laughs> but you were saying that it's, again, your understanding that these shaman who, who uh, you know, well, we know historically they've been often people in the Amazonian area that, uh, you know, we never saw or heard of these people and, and having an ayahuasca experience with a shaman would not be something you'd put on your list of things to do when you went to visit Peru or Colombia. <laughs> but, but we are seeing it coming out more. And you were saying, that these shaman are coming out now. Could you sort of give me a little bit of your insight on why that might be happening and what their intent is? They want people to wake up. Uh -huh. They want people to understand that we are here for something very good. Uh, they are helping people through too many, you know, to physical illnesses, to emotional illnesses, to mental illnesses, to have this, uh, to have this relief, you know, to be to be here in a way, you know, like, and also because it's their, it's their work. They are like workers. They are here to help to heal other people through the medicine, of course. Uh, but without them, we, we, we can have access to that medicine. Yeah, it's so powerful. No, not so many people can handle it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, uh, it's like the calling that they, they receive. Now is the time. And, in, and it's portrayed in the... In the myths and legends that they have, you know, there is a time that the 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 jaguar is gonna come up and show the the eagle that the, the jaguar is 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 South America and the eagle is, is North America. So they are gonna show, you know, everyone like the the mine is the eagle too, and the jaguar is like the, the fire, the heart. So they are gonna show how what is real and what is not real. And again, it's it's a tool like anything else. It's just it's just another tool in the toolkit of helping people reconnect. So if we've sort of dispelled some of the myths around the ayahuasca healing, and perhaps people might now be more interested in looking into experiencing it for themselves, it's it's really important to really be careful about how you decide to experience this. Because I've had a friend who's had two, I think they were in Brazil or somewhere in South America. The first one was like, I, I don't know, I think it was like some guy in a bar said, hey, do you want to try the ayahuasca thing? Here, go to this guy down the road. That was that kind of thing. And he had a terrible experience. It really scared him actually but he was brave enough when he was actually uh, made connections with some other local people and then he was an opportunity came up for him to have it again and he actually had it with someone who was uh, an ex you know an experienced legitimate shaman so he said like much similar to your description James how how amazing and beautiful an experience and how how opening it was for his heart and he he it was a wonderful thing for him so is there some tips we could give people like if they're going to have an ayahuasca ceremony performed, what, what they could do to try and ensure that they're, they're having an, a safe experience. Yeah, so for me, the, the nice thing that when I met her is that she just did it with myself, like just her and me. 
Mm-hmm. So that was really a very like very special time because so many times what happened is so many people going you know and a shaman can handle 25 people they they can they are they are they work for that yeah but what she explained me is that sometimes when there is so much people you can because you are too open to the energy so <laughs> you can pick up the mm-hmm. other people Makes sense. you will be living the experience with other people other thing for me is like if someone say me, okay, there is a retreat. I know there is very nice retreats there, but if if I go down and they they didn't ask nothing, like for example, you have to be in good conditions with your heart, mm-hmm. be taking like strong medicine, you know. And for women, you can be in your in your period because it's you just can't do it ayahuasca when you are during your period. Mm-hmm. So those things, you know, make, make me understand that there should be like more awareness of who you go with. And I feel it's, it's more about first knowing what you are going for. Mm-hmm. Because energy attracts energy. Mm-hmm. So if you are going with a good intention and, and the right person will appear for you. Mm-hmm. Another thing is that, uh, like sometimes I see, you know, that you can pay and go down to South America, but you just pay and go and, and they just do it for you? I, I don't know. It's, it doesn't make sense, does it? it? No, because there, there should be, I mean, if I was looking for a, a place to go to do this or trying to connect with a person, I would feel uh, it was important that they would say, you know, yes, here, pay this deposit. Yeah. Come here and, and, and we will talk. We will spend time together. We'll have some experiences together and I will let you know if you're ready. Well, thank you very much, Marie and James. I really appreciate you doing this on such short notice. And uh, and thank you, Tammy, our producer here, for coming out on a Sunday to do it. But the excitement was so intense, I just had to have it done. And James was, uh, was not available during the week. So thank you, Tammy, as well. If you want more information on what was talked about on today's show, you can head over to the show page at deadsetonliving.com. Be sure to subscribe to the Dead Set on Living podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. That way you'll always be up to date whenever a new episode is released. As a listener, you are vital to the success of our show. By leaving a rating and review, you'll help us reach more people and continue to put out kick-ass content. Also, every time you leave a rating or review, a fairy in the forest will get its wings. But seriously, what you think is important to us and to the growth of our show. Until next time, live life and be well.